This week on the podcast, we have to talk about it. Let's discuss the Dungeons and Dragons open gaming license. And once we're done with that, let's do deals of the week. All of that and more in this week's episode of the podcast. Roll the intro. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I'm your host, Danny K. With me, as always, the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite Green. How are you doing today? You know, I cannot complain. Um, getting into the grind of full-time work is great. It's a good time. Um, yeah, yeah. How are you, Danny? You know, I can't complain much either. It's been uh, it's been interesting uh, the last couple of days, just kind of getting all my stuff figured out. And um, yeah, can't complain. We're also joined by the Spooky and the Ukulele. How are you doing, Mandachi? Yo, what up? I start my new job tomorrow, thankfully, because I've just been uh, digging at the walls uh, inside my own skull. So it's it's going to be good to be out in public again, where I'm not going to be a danger to anybody or myself. Can can you say that phrase again? That is such an emo like. Oh, no, no, no. It's gone forever. Everything's off the cuff. <laughs> Nothing is pre-written uh, except for fate. Yeah, you can't change fate. That would that's. Dude, you're just spitting out uh, tiny moving parts lyrics, and I fucking love it. Anyways, <clears throat> hello and welcome to. Uh, <laughs> I ju- I just like uh, skipped a part there. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for watching and listening to the show. Be sure to stick around until the end of the show to hear about some awesome deals we found for you this week. This week, all of our deals have to do with tabletop RPGs. Of course, if you miss any part of the show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere part, uh, podcasts are found. And of course, if you want to join us live, you can do so on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. And uh, yeah, let's it, it, like let's just take a quick, quick deep breath. There do be an elephant in the room. Yeah, it <laughs> it is a big elephant. Right, the the Dungeons and Dragons OGL 1.1 controversy, and what does it mean for you? Right, so to get you caught up, to get you caught up. So over the last two ish weeks, the tabletop role playing uh, community has been in absolute shambles as a new version of the Dungeons and Dragons open gaming license leaked out to the public via uh, via io9 which is a gizmodo uh property and linda codega uh what they found was a uh pretty serious change to a legal document and licensing policy that was adopted by wizards of the coast in the early 2000s that allowed for third parties to publish content compatible with the dm with the dnd systems most notably when it was adopted uh, 3 and 3.5 uh, and 5e. Apparently 4e wasn't included under the OGL, but nobody cares about 4e anyway, so we can ignore that. Uh, <laughs> this... <Get> wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Look, I might be like, you know, one foot in the TTRPG pool, but there is one thing I know, and that is nobody cares about 4e. Um, <laughs> uh, this system... This, this document led to publishers and developers like Paizo, High Thirsty, um, Cobalt Press, uh, Godfrog, Critic Rules, uh, Darrington Press, and all sorts of other third parties 
uh, to create content for Dungeons and Dragons, expanding the marketplace from just a handful of Wizards of the Coast modules and books to a vibrant marketplace. Uh, also, as a quick note, the original OGL that was uh, put out in the early 2000s was a perpetual worldwide non-exclusive license to boot, right? So they gave a lot of freedom with this particular document. And there is like a question maybe for some of you who do not know, like what happened? Like, why are you talking about this document? This is weird Lego, Lego, legal Lego, Lego. <laughs> Legal mumbo jumbo, like why do I care about the licensing and uh, whatever else of Dungeons and Dragons? And well, I'm glad you asked because a that means you're engaging with us here, right? You're you're enjoying this moment with us. You are you are connected to us, and I appreciate that. The reason we're talking about that is be talking about this is because of the revision leaking online. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, because of the revision leaking online, the community has come to find that Wizards of the Coast or their parent company Hasbro felt they were being left out of the equation and wanted to remedy that. The leaked version uh, said the following things. First, they would be addressing new technologies like blockchain and NFTs, but not banning them, just making it so that they had exclusive rights over NFTs. You know, hashtag grift. They would revoke the license of parties that publish, quote, blatantly racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, bigoted, or otherwise discriminatory content. Okay, cool. You could do that already, but cool. Um, they said the original OGL, quote, wasn't intended to fund major competitors, and it wasn't intended to allow people to make D&D apps, videos, or anything other than printed materials for use while gaming. We are updating the OGL to make that part very clear. So they don't like the they don't like the money that other companies are making off of the OGL. Um, it would also uh, there would also be a change in the compensation uh, on part of the on the part of third parties, which if they made over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, they would have to pay Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro twenty five percent of their revenue. Um, not profits, mind you, revenue. They also had invoked the right to take anything written or, uh, they also invoked the right to take anything written or created by a third party and publish it as their material without any due compensation to the original creator. Did, are we, are we good? I know that's a lot to absorb. So if you guys need to, if you're like watching this and you need to go back and listen to that, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, it might be a good good time to just kind of like take just like a, a very, very short kind of aside and like talk about exactly who or what that would even pertain to. Yeah. Like when you're talking about an open game license for essentially a world uh, and all of the things therein, we're also talking about things that are uh, creatures and places or people that are in there. Uh, for instance, if you, Danny, let's say you make a really cool tiefling blood hunter that you love, you played this character for like four years, and you are just a buzz with creative juice, right? And you're just thinking to yourself, like, um, Flick's Turnbuckle, I made up a name, 
uh, is just too large. I want him to continue. So you decided to make a, a novel series based on the adventures of Flick's Turnbuckle. And in Flick's Turnbuckle, he goes to places like, I don't know, Baldur's Gate or Waterdeep, things like that. You could do that. In fact, you could mention any of those places. You could have him fighting things like liches or beholders and so on and so forth, a la Driss Dorden um, by uh, Salvatore. And you could make your money based on a character that you came up with playing D&D. OGL says no. That would no longer be a thing. You would have to essentially make a very legally distinct Flick's turnbuckle, uh, you know, some sort of a uh, man played with uh, fiendish blood in his ancestry, and he goes to go fight um, D-holders <laughs> and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so it's not That's just tabletop. Yeah, man. <laughs> they have too many eyes, actually. Uh, many, many what eyes. What a bunch of B-holes. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch of B-holes. But yeah, so like it's not just tabletop role playing games, man. It's video games, it's books, it's of course movies, things like that. D and D is a vehicle to kind of get a lot of people's creative juices flowing, and there's tons and tons of authors out there that have created stories that are legally distinct. But you might be like, oh, I've got a little bit of a D and D vibe from this, and it's like, oh, it might actually have something stemmed in there. But they decided not to make it a D and D story. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a whole bunch of different ways that you can go about doing anything like that. And this limits it a lot. Yeah, there's so there is a lot of like, none of us are lawyers, right? Put that out there. None of us are lawyers. And I saw a lot of different conflicting legal takes on a is what Watsi pr proposed in this draft, because we'll get into like, we'll get into what wizards of the coast actually said um later but there was like a lot of conflicting stuff so don't take everything that we say here as like straight up legal uh advice or like le legal um analysis um so yeah there's some different stuff in there because there's like even like the uh fact that um when i was watching the legal eagle video on this uh like you can copyright expression, right? You can copyright Dungeons and Dragons as the, um, like their characters, like Drist. They can copyright their um, books and stuff like that, but they can't copyright the rules. Um, they can copyright the wording of the rules, but they can't copyright the rules themselves. Um, Derek uh, from How Not to DM. Uh, in the chat here says, uh, so OGL did allow for monetization of Wizards IP, like Beholders and Drist, uh, but you can only sell it on the DMs Guild. The OGL allows you to take what's in the SRD rules, races, spells, and uh, that kind of thing and publish your own stuff. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of like legal lines and gray zones and stuff like that. So if you are interested, I would highly recommend re recommend the legal Eagle video. Cause it seems to have a pretty good comprehensive look at it, but right. So a change like this would be a huge deal and it would dramatically impact the hobby and the space. It would reduce the number of publishers in the space and independent creators like our friend, uh, our aforementioned, uh, how not to DM 
um, Derek and his Kickstarter for uh, the uh, Too Hot One Shot. Oh, it would go ahead. Hot. Yeah. Sorry. No, um, it was too hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another creator, it would, it would affect just as like another kind of example would be like Antonio Domico. Uh, and his homebrew content and character concepts, monster of the week, uh, they, and all of like the revisions that they do to like, uh, uh, old D and D monsters who haven't gotten a five E refresh yet. Like those are all people who would be affected by this. Um, uh, by the way, just like name dropping all of, uh, the, the TTRPG creators that I watch in the regular, <laughs> um, uh, and I, and I mentioned those books because, they're smaller businesses. They're smaller folks. They aren't Paizo or Cobalt Press who are relatively large in the space. And I mean relatively uh, because it's not like the TTRPG space is this massive industry, right? And as this leak came out, Wizards of the Coast remained silent. It was deafening. Like there was, it was noticeable how quiet they were. And the space and the creators and commenters in the space went buck wild and i just want to read a couple of those uh a couple of those comments for you all um starting out with uh D shorts i've read the new ogl 1.1 leak and it goes way beyond corporate greed it's actively vicious and seeks to hurt creators at wizards i hope your delay in publishing the ogl 1.1 is because you're reevaluating that relationship the, the relationship that you want to have with your community. Which is Hoofta. Um, yeah, that's a that's a, a statement and a half there. Um, from uh, Matt Colville, who is one... Uh, Mandachi, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was part of the team that created D&D Beyond, right? Uh, I want to say that he definitely had a hand in it, but currently he is the... Uh, man behind MCDM, and uh, they are also currently working on their own projects. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he said at Matt Coville, when uh, Watsy bought D&D Beyond, I told my team the clock is ticking. From that point forward, I knew there was no future long term as a third party developer because I did not believe they were forward thinking enough to implement a Steam style platform. Again, pretty damning uh, when it came came to this whole thing. Uh, and then <laughs> this one's a, this one's a little long. Uh, but I did reach out to our friend Derek, who's just getting name dropped all over the place tonight. Um, this is uh, we might as well have taken like sponsorship money from him. <laughs> but this is from Derek at not, uh, not the DM. I reached out to him for direct comment. Uh, the OGL is the cornerstone on which D&D 5E's success is built. Wizards is destroying a decade of goodwill and fan effort for a few extra dollars, and it's going to hurt their bottom line, as well as thousands of independent designers, writers, and artists. To be clear, only the WotC executives are to blame. Many people working at Wizards are just as much fans of the game as we are. We did not make this decision. Hold Wizards accountable for their decision, but treat Wizards employees with respect. I'm fascinated to watch this implosion in real time, just as the movie and show are coming out, surely ushering in thousands of new customers. I'm interested to see the new games and systems that have come from this exodus and hope it impacts Hasbro in a real way they can't ignore. So, yeah, the community is is pissed. They are they're not happy with this change and publishers aren't happy 
They aren't happy with the rumors. They aren't happy with the instability. Uh, Mendachi, tell me what happens next. Oh, boy. Well, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, there's a new hashtag floating around. The old hashtag raise the flag. So Wolfgang Bauer, uh, the CEO and president of Kobold Press, issued a company statement last Tuesday uh, on the 10th that they would be releasing all the products that they had already finished for fifth edition, uh, including, I believe, like Arcana extended something along those lines, uh, volume two. And that they already had a Kickstarter in the works that just launched. They're going to go ahead and continue to do that. Uh, however, Bauer also said that Kobold Press would be, and I quote, raising the black flag. Other than sounding pretty cool, it's also a massive deal for all third-party publishers, regardless of size. Project Black Flag is said to be a subscription-free, open-source, quote, core fantasy tabletop rule set. The rule set will be available for beta testing sometime soon, and the form to sign up for said beta test is available at koboldpress.com. You can see what everyone else has to say about it by checking out the hashtag raise the flag on Twitter. All in all, this is precisely what I want to see when it comes to corporate overreach. Uh, the rug has been thoroughly yanked out from underneath Watsi, leaving them in a dazed state, kind of wondering where their ass landed. And I'm incredibly stoked to check out some of the new game systems and would also like to take just a moment to plug a couple uh, that I think folks may not know of. There's Coriolis, a sci-fi fantasy that's loose on combat rules and thick on letting players have a good time. Uh, and then in the words of its creators, Morkborg is a nano-infested doomsday RPG about cybernetic misfits and punks raging against a relentless corporate hell. It's kind of like what we're dealing with today. However, Morkborg, in my words, is a cybernetic bloodbath, fuel-injected nightmare where you can hug no one you love because love is dead and your arms are chainsaws. So if that sounds dope to you, you should go and check out some of these systems. Otherwise, definitely be on the lookout for Project Black Flag to hit beta state so that you can actually check that out. Um, all of the third-party publishers that we have talked about that are major ones, Paizo, Frog God, uh, probably Total Party Kill Games, and of course, Kobold Press, to name a few, will be making content now for this Project Black Flag, which is going to remain open and readily available for publishers to make anything that they would like to for it. So if you're completely burned out on D&D or you've just like kind of seen how shaky the waters are this is where you're going to want to put your eyes for now yeah and um i i just had a thought i'm sorry i lost it <laughs> um like this is such a big wide girthy topic it's it's hard to get um your arms around so much of this year uh green is there do you have any thoughts about what we've discussed so far that you'd like to get out there no i, I just it's such a from the left field kind of thing because i'm i'm still relatively new to D D in general um and in tabletop games so like when i entered in i i see uh, like i i was introduced to the system that was like hey this is just a 
a ground, you know, a, a, a framework. Do whatever you want with it after that, you know, and make it unique, make it yours. And then to for them to like, you know, two years later, three years later, like, oh, well, uh, if you're doing something and making something unique, um, we want a slice of that. Oh, not even and two years just, later, three years later. It's it, 20 years. I mean, for me, for me. Oh, for you. I got you. It was I'm like sorry. me coming in to, to D&D thinking it's this, you know, open and uh, expressive, unique thing that's just beautiful and, and wonderful. And then to turn around and like, like, well, I need your cash. Yeah. It just, it, it shakes me wrong. It shakes me really wrong. Yeah. So Wizards of the Coast did eventually make a statement. And I will read you these statements. Quote, when we initially conceived of revisiting the OGL, it was with three major goals in mind. First, we wanted the ability to prevent the use of the D&D con- uh, uh, content from being included in hateful and discriminatory products. Second, we wanted to address those attempts, uh, those attempting to use D&D in Web3 blockchain games and NFTs by making clear that the OGL content is limited to tabletop role-playing content like campaigns, modules, and supplements. And third, we wanted to ensure that the OGL is for the content creator, the homebrewer, the aspiring designer, our players, and the community, not major corporations to use for their own commercial and promotional purposes. Driving these goals were two simple principles. Our job was to be good stewards of the game, and two, the OGL exists for the benefit of the fans. Nothing about those principles has wavered for a second. I'm going to stop there. Thoughts. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'll stop typing mine. Uh, in short, it's for people not looking for success. If you do so succeed, then uh, we will hunt you down and we will take that money that you rightfully earned with your creativity and your hard work. That's what that reads. Uh, corporations corporation like to say that Cobalt press or paizo are corporations is so asinine and a bold-faced lie um but that is exactly who they are talking about as far as corporations go there are only two thumbs and they're both saying uh it's a tie wizards of the coast is the only person here that is a corporation uh and they seek to steal food out of the mouths of everyone that is basically just trying their best to make something cool and fun that everyone else will appreciate in the space, in a space that has enjoyed supplementary materials for 20 years. It's flabbergasting, to say the least. Yeah. Green, any thoughts on that first part of the statement? I can only echo Nachi. Like, it seems like a pot calling the kettle black with corporations especially if you're paired with hasbro yeah you know the biggest toy company in the world yeah and kind of on top of that i just want to say like a lot of the stuff that they say that they are addressing they already had the power to do that right the nfts the the whole web3 thing right they they are the ones who own the rights to certain characters and certain uh, things at past that point, they don't have a right to anything else created by somebody else. So it, even if it was created by D and D, you don't have a right to say that you can't turn that into an NFT 
or web three game or something like that. Right. Yeah. You, they can say, yeah, you can't use D and D characters or monsters that are proprietary to, to wizards of the coast, like the mind flayer or Drist or the beholder as NFTs or web three or whatever blockchain stuff. But other like halflings or hobbits or like whatever it's you know whatever generic character someone makes that they want to turn into a nfc i don't think they have a right to say they can't do that the hateful content bit is kind of rich coming from them because they had to unpublish a book the spelljammer book because they had content in it that was deemed harmful by the african-american black community here in the states because the Hazot is it the um Hazodi? Hadozi. 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 Yep. Right? And, you know, the, the amount of hurtful stereotypes that kind of just exist in D&D because, unfortunately, D&D, based on fantasy series uh, of the past, folklore is not exactly kind to uh, marginalized communities throughout history. You know, <laughs> it's it's a sad fact. 100%. It's a sad fact that that kind of just exists and it's inherent in D&D's DNA. And while they have made some strides to fix that, it, it again, kind of like you have to cleanse yourself of that first before you, and you always had the right to disavow it and to not allow it anyways. But again, the biggest scandal that has come from racism in D&D in the last six months has come from Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, there's assholes in the in the scene, I'm sure, but I don't hear about them nearly as much as I hear about uh, Wizards of the Coast tripping over themselves and making an ass of themselves. Yeah, those guys typically stay to TSR stuff. Those are the grognards. They uh, they mostly congregate in like games workshop and just sit there lording over their first and second editions and gatekeeping everyone else uh from the hobby oh you like D, D? name every monster in the in the first monster manual loser and then they hit their inhaler really hard and pass out are these also the people who don't understand the satire of warhammer yes uh, in 40k gotcha oh absolutely yes <laughs> i'm i'm assuming they're also the ones that like are at cons like reek of body odor <laughs> yeah that's typically that's typically uh a must if you're if you're a grognard self-proclaimed by the way most of them are um but yeah it's something that has plagued the space for a long time just like you yeah. said danny and uh unless they really really hammer down the oversight you know it's <laughs> it's always going to be just that oversight yeah so next uh here uh the next OGL, uh, quote, the next OGL will contain the provisions that allow us to protect and cultivate the inclusive environment we are trying to build and specify that covers only content for TTRPGs. That means that other expressions such as educational and charitable campaigns, live streams, cosplay, BTT uses, etc. will remain unaffected by any OGL update. Content already released under 1.0A will remain unaffected. Um... What I, I will say there is it's nice that they are at least recognizing that they can't revoke a perpetual license of anything that was would have been done under 1.0. But, but <laughs> they were trying to force people to sign a document that would have affected, uh, if, if I'm 
remembering this correctly, the document they were trying to get some publishers to sign was going to retroactively revoke that. Yes. Right? So, okay, cool, but you also got people to try to revoke that right under a different agreement. Tried to get them to say, nah, we're not going to, all, uh, retroactively, none of our stuff is going to be under 1.0. It's going to be under 1.1. Which uh, is shitty. It's shitty. That's backhanded. Um, <laughs> uh, your your lawyers are lawful evil, Watsi. Oh, very much so. Very um, much so. Which I, I, I will uh, allow for a brief moment for everyone to cringe at my joke. Moving on. I'm already cringing. I've been cringing since we started. <laughs> Moving on. Quote, what it will not contain is any royalty structure. It will also not include the license back provision that some people were afraid was a means for us to steal work. That thought never crossed our minds. Under any new OGL, you will own the content you create. We won't. Any language we put down will be crystal clear and unequivocal to that point. The license back language was intended to protect us and our partners from cre from creators who incorrectly allege that we steal their work simply because of the coincidental similarities. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I will, I will offer an olive branch here in this next statement. Um, as we continue to invest the game that we uh, invest in the game that we love and move forward with partnerships in film, television, and digital games, that risk is simply too great to ignore. And I agree. I agree. If because Dungeons and Dragons and TTRPGs are about collaborative storytelling and for years, for years, right? They have had uh, the Forgotten Realms books and Greyhawk books and all these novels and comics and movies and they have stuff coming out soon. I can see where they would want to legally protect themselves from, from claims of plagiarism and open themselves up to liability. If someone says, well, I have an actual play podcast that was released in 2017 and it looks like the plot of your movie is a lot like my actual play podcast. And I would really like royalties for that. I can understand where wizards would want to cover themselves with that. Right. I 100%. I, I can see that. Like that's, that's a pretty common thing that happens, right? Like movies come out and there's always somebody who's like, well, it seems really similar to my script that I wrote in 2005 that I shopped around to Sony studios. Right. Like that. Yeah. That like, that's it's happened. a fair, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But something that I would like to also just kind of say, like in the inverse is, man, there's already been a couple D&D movies and there's been, you know, movies that are loosely based on D&D elements and they haven't done well. They haven't done well at all. And until somewhat recently, and you can thank, um, you can thank people like the people of critical role, if you will, or... Um, high rollers so on and so forth it goes Henry on Cavill, yeah beautiful baby uh, boy acquisitions incorporated the list goes on it's long uh 
this is this is a hobby that has blown the fuck up over the past 10 years um when i started it was you know like i'm gonna use bottle caps and dry erase markers and you know so on and so forth not to sound like an old fogey or a hipster uh but you know like but you are even when i was in high school yeah of course but i am but i'm like even when i was in high school man like it wasn't cool to play dungeons and dragons there was barely anyone that was interested in even checking it out yeah and now we have like amazon plastering vox machina everywhere and of course there's reasons left and right for that and when i see this you know like this statement and i'm not a huge fan of critical role in the first place and i'll i'm fine with saying that i'm i i'm sorry if that really upsets you with my opinion but neither here nor there um when i see this i immediately think of critical role i immediately think it, you could literally replace things like partnerships in film television with critical roles vox mock you know in this statement reread it and be like uh-huh as far as digital games go, dude, there's not many other companies that are uh, making world. Uh, I almost said World of Warcraft, D and uh, D games that don't have the uh, kind of like holy edict from Wizards of the Coast themselves to go ahead and make it. Most of the time, Wizards of the Coast is also like part of the publishing team for that game. Uh, and just last year, they canceled, what, two, three games? Every single one of them except for Baldur's Gate 3 because of a sweetheart deal that they had with Larian Studios. Uh, and they've already been releasing things slowly through the use of uh, early access. So yeah. I don't really understand exactly who this is targeting other than. I need other examples, but obviously the large glaring one would be critical role, Vox Machina, so on and so forth. Yeah. So real quick, I'm going to continue on. Um, the new OGL will continue provisions to address that risk, but we will not do it without a license back. Uh, but, we will, but we will do it without a license back and without suggesting we have the rights to the content you create. Your ideas and imagination are what makes this game special, and that belongs to you. Um, just to kind of finish, because I don't think I finished out my quote there. Um, so yeah. And then I also have questions. I mean, so with how messy licensing and intellectual property is and copyright and all sorts of stuff, I would love to know if anyone at Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast has ever done an audit on what they could feasibly defend as their intellectual property, because there are certain things that they just simply cannot copyright right like they can't copyright the idea of a pixie they can't copyright dragons they can't copyright the idea of a princess in a castle at a certain point right they they, they can copyright certain proprietary creatures uh characters like the Afri like I've, I've mentioned drist mind flayers beholders and then derek in the uh comments said i wonder if disney's onward had to had a deal to use gelatinous cubes and stuff. And that raises a really interesting question because a big part of copyright, <clears throat> sorry for the voice crack there, is have you vigorously defended your ownership of the content, right? If you do not, so you'll hear about like Disney going and like suing schools because 
they you know did like a disney spring concert and sang like songs from aladdin and put mouse ears and shit on right if the reason they do that they don't want to sue a school necessarily but they have to because they have to defend their copyright so if wizards of the coast or hasbro didn't defend their copyright over gelatinous cubes then they kind of just lose it right if they if they've allowed too many people to use it without some sort of licensing then they just kind of lose their copyright over that and that's a very um dumb dumb explanation of a very difficult area of law <laughs> so don't take that as 100 that is what the law says but it is very curious to know i would be very curious to know like what they they actually own rights to anymore because they just kind of let shit lapse and they just let stuff go um that would be very curious i I'm, i would i would love to see that <laughs> But right. any other comments regarding Wizards of the Coast statement after the fact? Just, you know, happy that everything ended in a tie. You know, no one lost. Both oh. There's good people on both sides. Mm. That's true. They did say uh, everyone, they won and publishers won. And they tried to, they tried to snatch uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. And uh, <laughs> I don't think they really did. No, um, no, they're burned, dude. It's going to yeah. take a long time and a lot of work to uh, get back into the good graces of a majority of uh, tabletop players. Something that I'm very curious of is how many people uh, are going to change systems in their home game out of principle. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have to be very, uh, I would say, with a lack of a better term, at least knowing one at the moment, you'd have to be very zealous about this idea, uh, you know, willing to stand on a personal hill where no one can, you know, witness you. And like, you could tweet about it. You'd be like, I'm changing my home game. And it's like, well, this doesn't impact anyone but you and your players. But I am curious how many people are actually going to stop playing fifth edition or D&D &D altogether and go and check out other systems for their home game. Um, yeah, actually okay, commit I mean, to it. Yeah, and actually commit to it, which I mean, you know, if you are, uh, Pathfinder's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Pathfinder's pretty neat. Yeah. So, right, that was their statement. Let's, after all of this, take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out. <clears throat> right, like, like, just take a moment, digest it. Let's talk about what does it mean for you as the customer, right? Not for you, the home brewer, not for you, the actual play podcast guy, not for you, the uh, the host of How Not to DM. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> he's just he's in the chat. I just want to mention him all the time. But uh, like, not for your, not for you, the the publisher. What for? What does this mean to the person who's going to sit down at a table this weekend and play? After all this drama and outrage, the anger that this has caused, what is going to happen for you, the player? Mendachi. Or do you want or do you want me oh, just to read what I have? Yeah. Uh, I mean, mine's pretty quick. Uh, for the last 13 going on 14 years now, I have been a GM of Pathfinder and uh, Pathfinder First Edition. Um, 
I'm in the middle of a very long campaign, and when this one finishes, I'll be changing systems to second edition Pathfinder. And that's all I have to say, Danny. <laughs> okay. So my my this is like my broad after everything that I've read and seen, this is what the all of this from the changing of the OGL to the publisher's responses, to the raising their black flag and Dungeons and Dragons statement. This is what ultimately is going to happen for you. Gaming companies like Paizo, Cobalt Press, Frog God, MCDM have now, in a sense, become direct competition when they were collaborators with Wizards of the Coast. This means that through an unforced error, Wizards of the Coast has expanded the uh, tabletop RPG market in terms of systems, game mechanics, and all the other stuff that comes associated with that, right? And while this would ultimately be a net good, it is bad for the hobby when fact when fracturing is forced by what is at best poor legal planning and at worst malicious intent, right? So with that being said, we can look forward to many more adventures, settings, and even new game systems to come. It just sucks that it's coming not because someone wants to innovate in the market, but because someone wants to monopolize in the market. But that is market forces at work, right? Like that is that is ultimately what we would want to see is market forces at work, not creating monopolies, but creating competition and making everyone better for it. It just sucks that it's happening because Wizards of the Coast want to monopolize on the space. Absolutely. Any other statements? What about green? green? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you as a customer, like a general listener, uh, what you're going to see is that like a lot of content is not going to be made third party, at least for a good chunk of a while, because no one's going to want to play ball with uh, Wizards of the Coast. Um, so the only thing you, the only stuff you're going to see is going to be coming straight from Wizards of the Coast D and D Beyond that they had just recently purchased. So it's going to be few and far in between because uh, let's face it, uh, Wizards of the Coast is not a fast moving company when it comes to mm. new content. So yeah, it's. That's going to be the immediate, like, you know, thing you're going to see as a just a normal player is yeah. that Wizards has, has just like burnt a lot of people and a lot of people are not going to be happy about it in the slightest. Yeah. So do you guys want to talk about uh, some deals of the week? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. dude. Let's fucking leave this trash fire. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Deals of the week. I need, I need to find my, uh, there we go. All right. So for me, I, I mean, I'm going to cheat a little bit because w one of the deals literally ends tomorrow, <laughs> but on humble bundle for $18, you can get, uh, the grim dark and folklore inspired TTRPG resources from free league, 
for their Vason and Forbidden Lands systems. Uh, it's like uh, it's got like Nordic and uh, Anglo and Celtic like folklore. Looks pretty cool. Um, like I said, eighteen bucks you can get that. And then um, if you miss that, but you still want some more TTRPG stuff, try out the Too Hot One Shot on HIO, done by our friend Derek at How Not to DM. Five bucks. Five bucks. You'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. Bring milk. Bring milk. Uh, Mendachi, what do you got? I got the discount code Open Gaming that you can use during checkout for twenty five percent off of your purchase of either the Core Rulebook, uh, Core Rulebook Pocket Edition, or the Pathfinder Beginner Box, which is already I think twenty nine ninety nine down from thirty nine ninety nine. Um, keep in mind too that these books do have to be the physical edition, but if you do throw the PDF version of Lost Omens World Guide uh, into your cart, check out that is actually free. And that sale is going on until the uh, 25th of January. If you are interested in Pathfinder at all, they are actually working on their own kind of quote unquote D&D Beyond, which is Pathfinder Nexus. And you can find that over at Demiplane.com. Uh, those are separate as far as I can tell if I was able to ascertain that correctly does use like different book sets than the physical. So like if you buy a book on Paizo, I don't believe that you own it on Pathfinder Nexus. It's kind of like D and D beyond in that way. So if you are playing online solely, I would recommend you check out either the PDFs, which are only $20 a pop rather than 60 to 50. Uh, otherwise Pathfinder Nexus. So, yeah, there's a ton of stuff out there to use Pathfinder for free. Uh, just dig a little bit or shoot me a message on Twitter at OnlyMendachi, and I'll help you get set up. Excellent. Green, how about you? Um, the only thing I really have is uh, there's a really nice company uh, called uh, the sorry the raven and i had it in front of me sorry the rook and the raven the rook and the raven yeah um they make very neat uh like uh, journals and uh like paper stuff for like your dnd campaigns or your pathfinder or your call of cthulhu they don't fall under the ogl they they they're never made super big deals with dnd i mean they've been sponsored on like critical role and shit but like um yeah they're they've made a firm stance that you know the ogl is kind of shit so let's support them because they're cool and really beautiful uh journal stuff like you can make like your own like full like planner for like your campaign and stuff like that you can make leather covers and Oh, looks really good. Good notebooks. Good soup. Good soup. I think that's it for the show this week. Then is a is yes, a sir. big midi topic. So uh, let's talk about what's coming up on our channels. Green. Um. Well, I'm still trying to figure out like my whole like schedule and stuff like that. So I'm not sure what's coming up, but if I do stream, it's going to be, of course, on Showdown or maybe some Escape from Tarkov or maybe some Minecraft. Who knows? We'll see. 
Um, but you can catch that all on twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite. And you can also check me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the fancy places that are all just Mr. Green Elite. Excellent. Mendachi. Hey, hi, howdy. So yeah, uh, school is in full swing. Made that Dean's List boy. And uh, of course, I uh, start my job again this week. So I've got to kind of play around, see what kind of free time that I end up with. Otherwise, I would love to get back into streaming more frequently. Uh, and you can find me over on Twitch backslash Mendachi, M-E-N-D-A-C-I-I. And for updates as to whether I'm streaming, doing podcasts, or just talking about how cool Pathfinder, Starfinder, and all these other wonderful TTRPGs are, you can find me on Twitter at OnlyMendachi. Same spelling. That's about it. Excellent. Uh, coming up for me, I actually have a stream scheduled this week. Uh, tomorrow, I plan on streaming, I believe, Hunt Showdown. Um, and then uh, Thursday, doing some Minecraft, because we started up a realm again on Bedrock this time around. Friday, guys, we had to cancel it last week, but we're doing it this week. Arcana comes back for a live session. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to make people cry. Specifically, I'm going to make no. Mendechi cry. No. You're going to cry? I don't want to. I don't want to. You're going to fucking cry. Anyways, uh, that'll be live <laughs> at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Friday. And then Saturday, if you guys are keeping up with Viarcana on YouTube and uh, enjoying the week-to-week uh, episodes of it, uh, the new the new episode from a couple weeks ago will be going up on YouTube. So enjoy that. Otherwise, you can keep up with me on uh, Twitter, at Danny K, D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E. Yeah. And that's the whole show for this week. Guys, thanks for watching and listening. Your time and attention is always appreciated. If you've made it this far, be sure to drop us a like and subscribe. That is always appreciated. Helps us out a ton. Don't forget to let us know what your thoughts uh, to anything that we talked about today, but especially the OGL. Like, let us know uh, what you think about that uh, and and how uh, that's going to affect you sorry i'm just like tapping all sorts of buttons that's what happens when you do a live show <laughs> <laughs> anyways um yeah and also drop some other resources for your fellow ttrpg players in the comments that i'm sure they'd appreciate that too otherwise until next week stay safe stay healthy keep fighting the good fights and we'll see you again next week